Time is running out for the planet Earth. It's impervious to all voices. There's an intriguing sensation. It's a nuclear device. Fun, fun, fun! Yes, that's nice. Statistically speaking, of course, it's still the safest way to travel. It belongs to a creature from outer space. It's a bird! It's a plane! It's very important. It does not go you. It's a trap! Hi, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Shell Inherit. I'm Daniel Pickett. I'm Jason Lindsay. And we're recording this on a very spooky day, so anything could go wrong. Yeah, it's Friday the 13th, right? It's Friday the 13th, totally. Yeah, and Mercury's in retrograde. Wait, what? Right, that's what I heard. I didn't get, I didn't get that memo. So we gotta, we got to get this done before everything shuts down. <laughs> what is it, like Y2K all over yeah, again? Yeah, it, uh, it means machines don't work very well. Oh, something. That's, uh, you, you must be reading a completely different astronomy book than me. Machines get, they start to wear down or something. Whenever, whenever oh, somebody man. comes by your desk or wherever you're working, you can't get my computer to, hey, my, my car's been acting funny and... My iPod won't, but they go, oh, it's the like time of the year. It's Mercury's in retrograde. That's what it is. You really? So if, that's, if this podcast just ends midway through, people will know why then. That's right. Okay. I, but I could be getting the wrong time of year anyway. It may not even be Mercury in retrograde. It's just the sort of thing people say when shit like this happens. So you really have no foundation at all for what you're saying no. right now? No. Not, it could be Venus not, for all you know. Not that it could be happening right now. But I'm familiar with the term and those zealots that claim anything mechanical has troubles. And I would say, really, anything that's remotely mechanical, like the human body, uh, you know, cars, you can just see cars upended all through, all over the freeway, right? Because Mercury's in retrograde. That could, that could happen. Well, I'm, that's going to make my commute home a lot longer. I'm hoping for it. What? You're hoping for that? I'm hoping for it. So uh, crazy thing to be hopeful for. Let's uh, let's get right into it. All right. What's going on? What are you excited about? Well, you know, we're we're right on the precipice, the precipice, I say, of all the new fall TV shows coming on. Yeah. You know, we're seeing the billboards, the commercials. Uh, I think ABC has put like three of its pilots up on Hulu, so you can watch them early. So there's there's a there's a tidal wave of stuff coming. But we're also starting uh, to say goodbye to some old friends as well, as we know. They're, uh, you know, Breaking Bad is in its final couple episodes. Dexter's in its final couple of episodes. And it just seemed like something, something came together last week, like something was in the water. And there were just some dynamite episodes of, of uh, Breaking Bad, Dexter, Hell on Wheels, uh, the new that first episode of Sons of Anarchy was just you know you think well that's, that's you know Sons of Anarchy came back it's the first episode of the season you know they'll, they'll take it easy they'll ease into it no not at all it, it was it was so packed they made it an hour and a half wow just to get all that stuff in there so uh, you know if you haven't seen any of those programs I know a lot of people are starting to catch up on Breaking Bad right now because it's winding down and and uh, Netflix is making kind of a big deal about being able to see it but you know there's some other deeper cuts you know like hell on wheels and and uh, and things like that maybe sons of anarchy that you haven't experienced yet i just i invite you as you're as you're putting together your calendar of what you're going to watch check back check back on some of those old chestnuts 
There's some good stuff in this this golden age of TV. Yeah, so I've been told. So that's what I say. So I've been told. You know, the the shorter the episodes, the better that uh, to dive into. So I'll you know I'll probably be starting with some of those with a shorter attention span because I can't commit to you know 23 episodes a season for seven seasons and try to wrap it all up. I just don't have that kind of time. Is there anything right now that you're watching that's like a, a full a full season uh, yeah. draw for like network TV? I think uh, well for network TV we've been watching um, Chicago Fire. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that's actually a pretty decent show. We've watched about three or four episodes of that. It's, it's got some soap opera in it. It's got the typical you know does he love me? Does she love me? Does that love me? Um, but but as it's done, it's done pretty well. Um, and then, of course, we've seen the first couple of episodes of the the, uh, the Blacklist. Oh yeah, with um, Giancarlo with Ultron. Giancarlo Giannini. No, James Spader. James Spader. Uh, and those have been great. Um, so I think that's going to be a, that's going to be the one to beat. I think that's going to be a show that's going to run for a long, long time. Uh, um, Interesting. Saw a couple of shows that were sort of more of a Netflix find. One was a BBC America find, but uh, it's called Ripper Street. Oh, I think uh-huh. it's been on, and they moved it to Netflix. And it's basically, you know, the the the, the London uh, area, um, the Whitechapel where the Whitechapel murders were were taking place, uh, that Jack the Ripper committed. And it's like these inspectors and Abelaide's one of the inspectors that was there when it happened, and this other inspector they, they they're they're at cross purposes because Adelaide wants to see continuing investigations doesn't think the ripper is done just because it's been quiet for two weeks, whereas the other guy is like, "No, we need to move on. there's plenty of crime going on in this city. we need to be on top of it uh so there's a bit of locking horns there, but it's it's really just a you know, an old, you know, di- different way of of um, going about solving crimes. Yeah, so there's definitely a, a dark primitiveness in this show, uh, Ripper Street. But it's you can also see the beginnings of, you know, crime solving and forensics, the way it would change the future because of these cases. Um, so it, it seems to be there's a through line with a couple of characters and stories that they sort of go through that you follow throughout the episodes, but it seems that each one is a standalone episode so far. Unless there's going to be some connected mythology at the end, uh, it seems that they're they're one-offs. And then sometimes it looks like it might be a Ripper murder, sometimes it looks like something else altogether, and they're trying to do the best they can with limited resources in a very muddy, filthy city to uh, to make that happen. And do we think it'll be like an ongoing series with the second season and stuff? Yeah, there's already talk of a uh, second season getting getting started. Okay. Uh, uh, the guy that's in it um, is uh, uh, Angus McFadden. He's the actor that's in it. He was in the uh, original British film Death at a Funeral. He was also oh, okay. uh, a character in um, the film version of Frost Nixon. He was one of the BBC people. Like he was sort of David Frost's right-hand man. Uh, and he's also married to Keely Hawes, who he's done a couple of shows with. And Keely Hawes was, if you, if you went through um, 
Life on Mars, if you did those two series and you then went to the three British, other British series called Ashes to Ashes, she mm-hmm. was the cop in the three final series and the wrap-up. Oh, okay. And people will be kind of familiar with this guy. He's got a great face, and he's just a great um, voice of authority. Um, and like I say, Chicago uh, Fire and the Blacklist, we've kind of been checking out, and we've seen some of uh, the... What's he called? Uh, the new Ricky Gervais? Well, the Headless Horseman. Oh, you saw some, some of, that? of that? Yeah, and then the oh, okay. Ricky Gervais thing on it. The Sleepy Hollow, right? Sleepy Hollow, yeah. Sleepy Hollow. Okay. The Ricky Gervais thing on uh, Netflix has been great. It's been a very different thing for him. Very, um, very much more sweet. You know, all all the stuff that he's done, I think he's kind of played a variation on Ricky Gervais in these different shows. Whereas this one, he's definitely playing a different character, slightly autistic, the the nicest guy in the room, but sometimes you know puts his foot in his mouth just just doesn't know the right thing to say. Um, really loves these older people that he's sort of looking after as a, as a caretaker in this, in this business. It's a, it's a very, very quiet kind of slice of life. Um, as with a lot of his stuff, kind of, kind of plays that way sometimes. Uh, but it's, it's good. It's, you know, like I say, I'm through like three episodes and it's, it's very, it's very funny. It's very, very cute, funny, very soft, funny. There aren't the guffaws, uh, and classic moments yet from the other shows that made him so famous, but they're 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 some good stuff. Yeah, it's interesting that he he went with Netflix for this one as opposed to HBO because you know everything else that he's done recently has been an HBO project. Yeah, and it looks like he sort of moved on to Netflix for this, but Stephen Merchant is staying with HBO for his Hello Ladies. Yeah, I'm more keen to see that just because I feel like he never. He never gets enough attention, that guy. I think he's great. He's very funny. Uh, so I can't wait to see see that happening. Um, so, yeah, so that's some stuff that we're watching. Uh, was, that, was that your what you're excited about? That was what I was excited about. But what are you excited about? Well, it would be, it would be silly not to mention this upcoming trip that I have next week. Uh, my wife has to go out of town for a couple of days. When she comes back on Tuesday... On Wednesday, we're going to be heading out of town to Chicago. Uh, we're going uh, up north slightly to this place we're going to be staying at where this wedding is going to be on Friday. So we'll settle in there. And then Thursday morning when we get up, we will bop around Chicago a little bit. And because Alex Ross and his family are about 40 minutes outside of Chicago, we're going to meet them for lunch and then head over to their house and hang out at the Alex Ross house for a little bit, uh, which will be bizarre and cool and fun and all that. But I literally have never met. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. In all these years of conversations, uh, you know, earth shattering conversations, very, very long talks. We never actually met face to face. Hmm. So this could be very interesting. And he's well, tell, tell him I said, hi, because I'll t- you know, we met that one year at the Eisner Awards. Yeah, I'll tell him he's been asking about it. I know, I know. Hi, and um, he's a little nervous. For he keeps warning me uh, of what Diane might think of the house and just all the stuff. And I said, "Oh, don't worry. It's going to make me look really good." 
That's right. I've seen pictures of his house. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, there's there's lots of crazy stuff, but there's rooms that, you know, you don't think would necessarily have a collection in that do. So there, it's it's kind of all over the place. So uh, We should do an episode while you're there, since he's so, you know, techno- technologically challenged. Maybe. I, just bring your yep. laptop. Yeah. We'll have a little chat. Well, I've got the app in my iPhone to just record something. That's true. So I think I could I could probably do that. And uh, sing in Swanee River. Do a little tour of of his goodies. Well, what are we talking about? You know what about? I mean? I don't. His uh, his memorabilia. Oh, I see. Is that a euphemism? Uh no, that was that was just a word about his memorabilia. Oh, okay. All right. And just uh wait. and there's going to be a lot of it. So, uh, but you know, it's going to be it's one of those weird things like you talk to the person over the phone, you know, you've done the emails for years, like, what's it going to be like in person? You know, you've seen pictures of each other, you know what to expect, but, like, it could be a little hinky. Uh, it's like you've been online dating. Kind of. It's been like we've been online dating, and this is the first time we get to hold hands. Nice. So, so we'll see how that, how that goes. But that'll be- My prediction, it ends in a fist fight, and one of you yells, uh... Out, out, strumpet. And maybe a robbery of some kind. And maybe a robbery, yeah. So that's going to be next week. That should be next Thursday. Okay. Uh, so I'll kind of be out of the loop then for that, uh, back before you know it. But uh, we thought as long as we were heading to the neighborhood, that we should try to get this out of the way after all this time. Just a quick suggestion. Yes. Chicago is uh, it's known as the Windy City, so maybe bring a scarf. Fair enough. That's, I hadn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. No idea. That's just a little fun travel fact. So, and it's not just the thing to call it. It really has to do with the wind. Oh, I thought they were gassy people. No, I think it's more to do with the 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 air. Oh, I thought they ate a lot of chili and stuff. The air, but, the all air right. fluctuations. I see. But, uh, I got a scarf. I could rock a scarf there. Do it. Might be kind of muggy. We're looking into the weather, and it could be kind of a muggy stay, but, but we shall see. But uh, okay. in the meantime, moving forward, what else is going on? You got a, you got a, something big happening with Breaking Bad? Well, yeah. Well, it's you know it's coming to an end. We're we're really winding down, and it's uh, it's been such a good. Have you watched it at all? No. You started and stopped, or no, nothing. I started the first like two or three episodes, and then just stopped. I mean, it isn't. And I actually listened to an interview with uh, the creator, Vince Gilligan, the other day, just talking about what a challenge it is each season, where they just keep digging themselves into holes that they really have no idea how they get out of. Mm -hmm. And it takes them about a week of blood, sweat, and tears to figure out how, you know, they they have to keep upping this ante. But they do it with no knowledge of how they're getting out of it, which is an interesting way to... To uh, to write, I, I feel like, and uh, but man, it's it's so good. And coming to an end, just a, a handful of episodes left. But it was announced this week that there will be a spinoff show that will actually be a prequel, starring Bob Odenkirk's character Saul, which is the lawyer. So uh, that, I think that'll be really interesting. He's he's a very uh, he, he's the only character on the show that does not lead a double life. He's exactly what he presents himself to be at all times, okay. which is just a sleazy, unscrupulous lawyer. 
Uh, and he's just great, you know. Bob Odenkirk has really been enjoying being a part of a drama. You know, he's known for, you know, things like Mr. Show and the Ben Stiller Show and, you know, a lot of comedy. But uh, And his character by no means is, you know, uber serious, but there's heavy, heavy things happening around him. So it'll be really interesting to see uh, where they take it from there. And, and I guess, you know, Vince Gilligan's going to be involved, but not the main showrunner, but the, the guy on his writing staff who created the character is actually going to take it and sort of be the showrunner and pick up the mantle as the, as the main writer. So it'll be really interesting to see how that goes, but I know it was something they were looking at for a long time, and it's just nice to know that that universe will live on a bit. And they made the big announcement yesterday, and yet I don't think Gilligan or uh, or Odenkirk had signed on as of yesterday. It still wasn't a done deal. Oh, yeah, because I, I saw Odenkirk, he and uh, uh, he wrote, uh, he and uh, David Cross wrote a book that they've been plugging, you know, on talk shows and things. They were on The Daily Show, uh, of, a, of two movie scripts that they pitched. I think the name of the book is called Hollywood Said No. Mm-hmm. And it's two scripts that no one would pick up. So uh, on the day it was finally announced, they were on The Daily Show, but he, he, it seemed like he was about to mention it and then kind of pulled back a little bit. So. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I hope it happens because not even knowing enough about the show, I just love... Uh, I just love... Uh, Bob Odenkirk altogether. I just, I just yeah. never thought he got enough work or was doing enough stuff. So if he gets a regular gig where he gets to be Bob Odenkirk, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, um, that's a very cool. And it's called Better Get Better Get Saul. Better Call Better Saul. Better Call Saul. Which is what all his commercials and billboards and stuff. That's his slogan. Such a great name. Yeah. Such a great name. And it's interesting because. Uh, on his uh, in the show, like his bodyguards and kind of the the toughs that he hires to do things are all stand up comics, you know, not playing comedy. Mm. So it's it's just kind of an interesting uh, thread that they seem to keep doing. You know, that they give these guys cast them sort of against type. That that's kind of fun. Like Bill Burr is one of them, and uh, uh, what's the other guy's name? I can't think of it right now. He, enormous African-American gentleman that was on last comic standing. That was so funny. So, uh, yeah, I, I just wonder if that will, if that will continue, if we'll see those same, same guys or, or other guys sort of parade through that, that need help, uh, in shady ways. So, and in more TV news, yeah, the killing, my favorite show, except for the very last, uh, episode, the killing canceled again, 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 so this, is, this is after its fourth season. Uh, this is just the third, third season. season. Okay. Yeah, they did two seasons. Thought, it was canceled, okay. and then suddenly they were like, "Well, let's get the band back." You again. started liking it. You were saying that it was there was some good stuff going on. This season was yeah. This the season three was fantastic. Uh, up until I think they did thirteen episodes, and twelve of them were some of the best TV I saw all year. Wow! And then they, in typical killing fashion. They decided, oh, well, we have, you know, we do all these funny twists. Let's put more twists in. And there were a couple of things that I kind of saw were coming, but we're just hoping those were red herrings and they wouldn't be dumb enough to go there because it made no sense in the context of how they set these cops up to be so smart and, and that sort of thing to suddenly right. uh, 
you know, have someone involved that was very close to them. It was just like that was just incredibly disappointing. So I'm, I'm actually I was so upset by that. I'm OK with it being canceled. Yeah, I kind of I, I didn't even do the third season. No, yeah. I thought that and it's a great idea when you're going to pull something like that along as long as you do. Uh, it, it was, I thought it was a decent payoff, but the thought of going through it again and all the red herrings they threw in there and everything you had to sort of keep track of, I just didn't feel like going back to. So yeah. I never, I never did that uh, that third one. And it was kind of you know, burn me once, shame on you; burn me twice, shame on me, yeah. because the first season, uh, a lot of people got upset about because they acted like they were going to wrap up the whole story arc yeah. in season one yeah. of Who Killed Rosie Larson, right. and we got to the end of it and they didn't at all. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, what are you talking about? How could you stretch this out more? Oh, and they, they did. Oh, and they did. Oh, yeah. and they did. So I was I wasn't even sure I was going to watch season three. I was really skeptical going in. Yeah, and it had been canceled, and then it came back for this third one, and now it's being canceled again. That's so right. Somebody sure loves this show to keep giving it giving it chances. Yes, that's right. Um, so some other bits in the news, uh, just real quick. I don't think anybody's surprised by this that the Harry Potter franchise is not dead. The characters, you know, as they existed in those movies and the the uh, the Hogwarts people and all the all the, the kids they're done they're they've moved on it's something else altogether. She's written a couple of books um, in the in between some of the last three or four books that she wrote in the main story uh, about they were like guidebooks to finding bizarre creatures and stuff. Right. Yeah. And now they're really padding those out and they're making them about the lead character that goes on these expeditions to find these creatures, and they're going to pull a franchise out of these couple of books. Yeah, so again, it'll be like a, a prequel. It'll be like 70 years before the first, what we know to be the first book. Yeah, if, if they're the books I'm thinking of, they are, they are literally like handbooks, like thin handbooks that just give you, you know, lowdowns on how to capture these creatures, where they come from, and so on. Uh, they will definitely find a way to pad the shit out of those to make uh, a two or three film uh, franchise. Almost as if someone were making three films out of The Hobbit. Yes, absolutely. I think I completely think that he's he wants that feather in his cap that he's just like uh, George Lucas has done that first trilogy and the second full trilogy and wants to have that under his belt. He's done both of them and seen them through fruition. And and I can see doing maybe making two films out of The Hobbit, but three just seems like you're pushing mm-hmm. it. And I think a lot of yeah, I think you may have said that even after seeing the first film. Like, come on guys, let's move along. I mean, don't get me wrong, if it's done if it's done with as much care and uh creativity and, and beauty as they did in the in the Hobbit, which I, I truly think we don't get a lot of these movies. When these things are gone, we're not going to get a lot of people, you know, delving into these worlds and pulling it off, you know, uh, in, in a way that we believe. Uh, then, you know, I'd be okay with a third one, but I'm not going to say it's essential. You know, they could certainly, you know, certainly pull back, give us a half a movie, you know, give us two movies and a holiday special, and we'll be. <laughs> I we'll like be that. Just fun. Uh, yeah. Downton Abbey to change the 
pull the rug out from under. Did you see the new Downton Abbey trailer? I d- did you see it? I did see it. It, it was like a, a, the best clip show ever. It's like there's a sequence of people opening doors. There's a sequence of people like falling and gripping each other. There's a, a, a sequence of people crying. It was just like people making sandwiches. <laughs> people making sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and for the most part, everybody's smiling. For the most part, right. there's more happiness in that one trailer than in three seasons of Downton Abbey we've gotten so far. Yeah. Uh, so maybe they're all happy a particular character is gone and they want to start oh. their new lives. I don't know. I saw a couple of hugs, a little bit of a few tears being wiped away, but uh, there seems to be a lot of dancing and parties and uh, husbands dancing with other wives and vice versa. So Jazz and, yeah. yeah jazz is stuff. coming in. We're seeing some actual multicolored people coming into this. Yes. Yep. That's always a good thing. Uh, so that's interesting. I, I'll be there for, for Downton Abbey. I've missed them. I, I think, again, it's going to air in the U.K. first and then come here sometime after the first of the year. Yeah. And we there was some Doctor, New, Doctor Who news, too. We got, like, the name of the episode yeah. and a poster. Right. There's a, there's a one sheet that's sort of been making the rounds... Uh, the two of them, Matt Smith and uh, uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig, no, really? No, no. Uh, David Tennant. Matt Smith and David Tennant, and it says the day of the Doctor. You also have an image of John Hurt on there, a couple of Daleks. You, you can sort of make up the word bad wolf. You see bits of the TARDIS. Uh, you wonder just how far back this mythology is going to go in this particular anniversary episode, how it's going to go. Uh, no sign of the Zygons, who are all over the internet in production photos for, uh, we thought, I thought the special, maybe it's just the Christmas special that they're going to be in. Um, so they're all over that. And uh, then some, just some snippets of information from Moffat about the, the doctors being in it. Um, not a lot of plot points. No, it it just seemed like everybody was like, oh, my gosh, there's so much information coming out about the the anniversary special. And then it came out in the way of, like, it's going to be on at this time. It's going to be 75 minutes long. You'll also get The Adventures of Time and Space, written by Mark Gatiss, a separate adventure that's, you know, dramatized. I mean, all the stuff that we already knew, they basically gave us the Radio Times listing of how this stuff would play, kind of, I yep. think. Um and then uh, there's supposed to be some filming for the Christmas special as we speak right now. But then the other interesting thing, and there's a lot of debate about if this was real or if this was staged as some sort of publicity to distract from something else that was being filmed. But at some point this week, uh, a couple of the older living doctors were protesting at uh, the BBC headquarters with signs saying it's not the 50th anniversary without us. Yeah, Peter Davison, Colin Baker, and Sylvester McCoy all went down there to, to do this. I got to feel like it's, it's either uh, a sort of a joke show that's on the air right now or, or an extra sort of comedic show or looking back at the, at the uh, history of the show somehow that's being put together we don't know about, or it's an addition for the DVD like, you know, there's lots of 
uh, original sort of content on the DVDs, but there's quite a bit that's that breaks down the fourth wall and you know takes characters or creatures from the story the DVD is on, and then they get their own 20 minute you know DVD extra of you know. Sutek sitting down in front of the fire explaining why he was misunderstood, you know, and things like that. <laughs> so it could be... But it's, it's interesting because their names are not on the poster, and no one is saying for sure if they are participating anywhere in that 50th anniversary episode. Right. Right. So yeah. That's the question mark. That's a big question mark. Yes. Um, and did you see... Uh, the news this week was just, you know, it's kind of silly, but there was a, a new Van Gogh painting that was discovered this week. No. And and put up, so there's a, a new Van Gogh painting that was discovered and, and put up in the official Van Gogh Museum. And off in the distance, there is a church that is blue with, you know, sort of tiny square windows at the top that people are joking that that's the TARDIS. Oh, you're from, kidding. You know, like, no. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's kind of making the rounds. It's, uh, you, you can, I'm sure, just type in, you know, Van Gogh, Doctor Who, and you'll see the image. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cute. That's funny. I like that. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, you never know. You don't you know. Just never know. We, we saw they met each other. So what you do know is that HBO has been busy with some things. Uh, HBO, I have to say, with the success of Game of Thrones and Dexter, the Showtime. Um, I would think both networks would be jumping on the graphic novel format to grab a story. And with what you've seen with AMC, that they would grab something and get it on one of their networks. Uh, you know, a comic book, essentially. Not necessarily to step on, you know, what Marvel and DC are doing in the theaters, but just to get involved in the comic book world and the graphic novel world. Um, but it looks like now they're uh, remaking Westworld as a pilot. For those of you that don't remember Westworld, I want to say 1973, 70, I think that's 75 right. or so, there was Westworld and there was Future World. And in Westworld, uh, James Brolin and Richard Benjamin, among other uh, 70s mustached actors, uh, were uh, you know businessmen, you know wealthy businessmen, able to take uh, an adventure like this, and it was the first of the whole Jurassic Park idea. It, it came out, it came from Michael Crichton, and uh, the idea was that you could you know take a weekend off and become another life, become someone else, you know live in a a, a hotel in the western town, eat that food. There might be a shootout. Uh, they kind of program your weekend and say, you know, stay away from this area, but go over here, and there might be a, food, a, a fight of some kind. But the guarantee was that nothing was going to happen to you because all the bad guys were were androids, they were robots. That's right. And they were programmed not to harm the visitors. Uh, well, so what could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong in that scenario? And uh, of course, it's the the famous ending with Yul Brenner going ape shit trying to get the, the heroes, shoot the heroes, as this android, he is, his eyes are silver, he's moving real slow, all black, he's wearing an all black iconic you know, western outfit with a black hat, and then somehow the face comes off, I don't know if he does repairs or what, then he walks around with his front panel with his face off through the rest of the adventure, 
and then he, you know each time he sort of gets hit or dies or falls down he keeps coming back he's like this you know like a terminator basically you can see where cameron got a lot of the influence on terminator from yep. Yul Brenner in westworld um so if it's going to be is it going to be a, a a pilot for like a tv series i'd imagine that's what it sounds like. Yeah, they're not doing a, a feature. They're going to do a series. So I guess they're heading back up to uh, the Valencia area to where the, the sets for Deadwood have been sitting. They go, you know what? We, we should get some money out of those. I don't know. Might have, they might have some more fun with that because, you know, there's there's been so much lately in so many of these shows where the Cylon or the the V enemy or whatever – you know, looks human anyway. So yep. budget-wise, they could get away with, you know, having, you know, you wouldn't know if half the staff were androids or if they were human. Um, and it could get into some precarious situations, possibly. Uh, That's true. That might be interesting, depending on yeah. who's involved with it. I'd be curious to know who's who's playing in that sandbox. But that could be something. I'd, I'd, take a, I'd take a look at that. Take a gander. Yeah. Uh, what's going on with the NECA's got some new figures coming out. Yeah, they've got some, some fun stuff coming out. They, uh, they've been teasing it for a little while, but then they finally showed, you know, they haven't done too much in that Mego retro eight inch format. They tried it with, uh, their Django Unchained figures. Right. Uh, and those went away quickly as we recall, but now they're trying it again with a couple of their other licenses and they're doing, Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th, shout out for today, and uh, also Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street in that same sort of 8-inch cloth costume style. Oh, cool. Yeah. People love those. Which I think, yeah, I think people totally dig that. They're kind of the perennials now. You know, you can you can just keep making them. Keychains, you know, mini-mates, whatever. You can keep making those those characters. People, people love them. Totally. You know? Uh, and then New York Comic Con is getting some exclusives, you said? Uh, yeah, they're starting to announce a lot more. DC Collectibles announced theirs today. They're doing another statue in their Super Best Friends animated style like we've been seeing in the, the DC Nation interstitials. So they did a three-pack at, at uh, San Diego Comic Con, and now they're doing Poison Ivy for... Uh, for the New York Comic Con, and then they're doing another one of those three and three quarter inch Green Lantern two packs. Finally, we're getting Hal Jordan in that set, and uh, Saint Walker uh, will be the other one in that two pack. And then there's you know just some other fun stuff. Funko has got like they're doing their first Stan Lee pop vinyl. He's wearing a New York Comic Con shirt. Uh, there's a couple of metallic repaints of existing. Uh, pop vinyls, you know, uh, Nightwing and uh, Batman Beyond. There is uh, the EFX is doing a replica, a prop replica of Agent Coulson's shield ID badge and wallet. Okay. So you can get one of those. And apparently you can, if you pre-order it and send in a picture, they will make the ID of you instead of Agent Coulson also. Wait, now who's making that? Uh, it's a company called EFX. Yep. They do a lot of prop replicas and costumes okay. and things. So a uh, ton, of, ton of stuff, you know, for, for New York Comic Con. And, I, and there's more than that. You know, there's a lot of comics with exclusive covers. And uh, just, just uh, you know, they're really starting to hit their mark as the big show on the on the East Coast. Yeah. And, uh, oh, uh, 
Mezco's doing some too. There's uh, a Walter White in a green uh, zip-up suit instead of the yellow one we saw at New York, and and uh, translucent green creature from the Black Lagoon, and, and some stuff like that. So if you're if you're looking for exclusive toy stuff, and that's going to be in October. I think it's October, I don't know, 11th or 13th or something. Uh, tickets are still available, so if you want to get some of that stuff, get you a ticket and head on down. It's a great show. Uh, we'll, we should be having some coverage of it on AFI if you want to check out some some pictures and some news from the panels. So should be an awesome, awesome time. And uh, and then your thing, you just had your thing, or your thing is this past weekend when the show is done now? Uh, yes, we're recording on Friday, and, and it's uh, PowerCon is this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. So, so how did it go? Uh, great. It was great interviewing those those legends. These are all guys that worked on the vintage Masters of the Universe line. So yeah, did you get to meet them all? Oh, I did. Yeah, we were we were. It's like a slumber party. We were having tickle fights and braiding each other's hair. It's a slumber party. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you go all the way That's to get the great. information. But there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's some exclusives there at that show, too. Uh, uh, Mattel has a, a Masters Universe exclusive, and uh, the Spy Monkey guys, I, I told you, have one. Uh, who was the other one? There was another one that was just announced over there that I can't think of. But, yeah, there, there's exclusives at that show, too, that uh, are going to be super fun that I'm going to try and pick up as well. Or, I mean, I did pick up because it was this past weekend. Huh. Yeah, I've got them. I'm, I'm holding them right now. How did you do? Which ones did you get? I got them all. I got them all. I didn't leave one you behind. Got all of them. Yeah. Wow, you weren't kidding. No, I wasn't. All right. Well, that's how you roll. I was going to tell you about something. Yes. Uh, another podcast, because I know you're always looking for new podcasts. Always. Always. Day and night. Uh, they're over on the Nerdist channel, they've got a new one starting, all about James Bond. Oh, yeah. Called James Bonding. Aww. And it's being done by Matt Myra, who is, you know, one of Chris Hardwick's right-hand guys, and a buddy of mine, Matt Gorley. Oh. Who, uh, you know, comedy sports, he also does the Super Ego podcast that's very popular. So he's a huge, huge James Bond fan. So, And there may be a third Matt involved in that, too. I, I can't remember, but... At least those two mats are going to be starting that up uh, in the next couple of weeks. So you might, and they're going to go uh, week by week and just sort of break down each movie in order. Wow. Okay. I'd be curious to hear what they have to say. Yeah, kind of do a little commentary uh, of each of the films. So uh, that seems like it will be a finite podcast. Yes. Since there is a finite number of the movies. So. But still thought you uh, you might want to check that out. Yeah, I'd be curious to, to tune in and then maybe see what they do, how they change it up after they get done with Bond, maybe try something else. Yeah. You know? And speaking speaking quickly of Venus being in retrograde and the machines going crazy. Yes. In other geek news, it is very exciting uh, that we, we found out that Voyager 1 has left our solar system. So you know what that means. Uh, the... The plague with the with the with the it's going to kill out all the the cats and dogs. Now V'ger, man. V'ger, oh V'ger. V'ger is coming. She's coming. I th- that's got to be it. That's what happened, right? Well, who do we, we sent a Voyager probe into space and we lost track of it? And who do we have equipped enough to go up there and deal with it? Well, it, it'll happen in the future with the Enterprise. Yeah, but what if it gets here before then? I don't. I, it can't. That that. What I'm saying is, all that is coming true. 
things are lining up. It's the first time we have sent anything out of our solar system. And it will become sentient. And then the crew of the Enterprise will have to deal with it. And then we're going to have to get that bald chick. That bald chick is going to have to go do something about She's it. She's the only one that can talk to him. And the dad from Seventh Heaven. Seventh Heaven. Yeah, the, uh, so, that show, that Seventh Heaven, that, that show went on forever. It did, yeah. <laughs> really did. And it all, I had a couple of friends that worked uh, you know, behind the scenes, did some location scouting and production stuff. And they just, every year, they thought, well, that's clearly that's it for this. It can't go on. And they just, every year, it kept getting picked up and picked up. Yeah, and it's funny, because it's, uh, uh, was very, very much, you know, adhered to the Bible. It's very conservative. And, uh, you know, then some of the people on the show spent a, a fair amount of time trying to go the opposite way. They wanted to, you know, break up that image the, the moment they were able to. Jessica right. Beale was one of them. Who is now Jessica Timberlake. Is she? Yeah, she changed her name. Oh, I didn't know that. Officially. She's apparently professionally still going by Jessica Beale. But as of this week, she's uh, legally Jessica Timberlake. Oh. Look at all the look at all the worldly fun facts that we know. Got, it's not just geek news. I guess I gotta redo all the letters I was sending. <laughs> you probably should, yeah. Shit. But you won't get them. All right. Um. Yeah, and then she she went the other way and tried to get more. You know, sort of uh, not raunchy, but you know, kind of. Spread her wings, so to speak. The kid got. What did she spread? What? What did you just? The kid say? got sick. The lead, the lead guy, the oldest brother, got uh, Hodgkins. Oh, wow. And he went away for a bit, but I think he's back and doing stuff now. And then the little girl, there was just something online that was showing, like, she's in, like, Maxim or some, one of those awful magazines. Like, look who's all grown up. And it's just, remember the little girl that was on that show? I, I honestly have never seen a second of Seventh Heaven, and I'm shocked you know so much about it. Well, I've never... I mean, it would, it would be on sometimes when there was nothing. I mean, it was just, you know, you still only had a handful of networks before you had cable when I moved out here. So every now and then you'd flip around and I'd watch 20 minutes of it and it would just crack me up because it was so like the Waltons. Uh, and then this little girl is now, you know, all grown up and out there, um, you know, putting herself on display for the world. Stephen Collins cannot be a very happy man right now. No, I wouldn't think this so. This is what's happened to his family. <laughs> um, so we got the Comic-Con of New York. Uh, I remember the other thing that I was going to say about PowerCon yeah. and exclusives. Yes. The Four Horsemen are going to have two Power Lords exclusives there uh, that are exclusive repaints that are going to be at PowerCon and then on Store Horsemen. So uh, there's a, one is a is the elite power guard and the other is just the regular power guard, but they're painted black and white. Uh, they look really really cool, and they've announced they are going to do a Power Lords fan club. Yeah, that has has three different tiers, which is three different prices, and depending on what you know which one you buy into is how much stuff you get. So they got a couple of exclusive figures, like a T-shirt, some stuff actually signed by Wayne Barlow, you know, on the highest tier. Sure. 
and uh, and you know just just really cool stuff. So that that's you can get that also at storehorseman.com if you want to check those out. But uh, I'm gonna pick those up those as well because they I, I got to to mess with the prototypes a little bit at Comic Con and. For being Glyos three and three quarter inch figures, I mean they're really really nice. They're, they're, they've come up with some different hinging on it that still works with the, the sort of mushroom pop in thing that uh, really no one else doing the Glyos thing is is doing yet. They just really dynamite, feel very very solid and and look great even even shrunk down to uh, three and three quarter inch. Huh. Uh, I you know some of those there were some great designs that had never been done before. Uh, that were very very cool. I thought um, that made me kind of want to pick it up. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm looking at this Comic Con Agents of Shield exclusive uh, wallet. It's ID. Yeah. I have the one. I have the the Nick Fury one that um, Sideshow did. Oh yeah. The metal uh, badge inside and the two different cards. The Nick yep. Fury card and the blank one that you could put your information into. I had that to go along with the with the gun because I had the Nick Fury gun that Sideshow did, which is gorgeous. Yep. Uh, so uh, can't wait to uh, maybe grab the new one. That do it. It's all about uh, what's his face. I'm Agent Coulson. Yeah, Agent Coulson. I'm trying to find the power lord. Ah, here it is. Power Lords Fan Club is up and running. There were some neat things here in the fan club I thought we should talk about. Okay, let's um, do it. You know, the, the Trigore level Power Lords mini poster print uh, created by uh, Power Lords logo sticker, fan club plastic numbered membership card, subscription to the Power Lords Fan Club, email newsletter, priority power purchasing, uh, 48 hours for the general public, exclusive access to future Power Lords Fan Club incentives. The next level, 60 bucks, includes everything in that level, Plus 10% discount on all Power Lords purchases through the Horseman store. Power Lords t-shirt with Griptog image designed by Nathan blah blah. Exclusive Power Lords fan club only Graptarg figure. So that one is like part of that 40 bucks from that Trigore level, the Power Ship level, is a t-shirt and an action figure. And mm-hmm. Vulcan Rock level includes everything in those levels. Ultimate Edition Barlow Tribute Grip Tog figure signed by Power Lords designer and creator Wayne Barlow and the Horseman, and a Grip Tog mini poster signed by Miley Cyrus. No, no, re- that's not what it whatsoever. Um, but that stuff like that I think is really cool, and it, it keeps the, you know, I loved when when Mezco way back was doing a a fan club thing where you could choose those two different lunch boxes. Uh, actually, there were three different ones I think you could choose. A Muppet one, or then an Evil Dead one, and then something else. You mean Palisades, not not Mezco. Palisades, yeah. yeah. And then you would choose, you know, whichever one of those, and in there you've got a couple of exclusive figures that couldn't get anywhere else. You got like a membership card, you know, discounts for future purchases. Like it, people really like this stuff. It reminds them of why we got into all this in the first place, with you know, fan clubs and special offers and all that jazz. So uh, I hope this is successful for them. I hope they they get lots of feedback with the the fan club kit. Everyone loves, I agree. Everyone loves the fan club kit, you know? You get a Power Lords card with your name on it. Come on. Exactly. Use that. Take that to any bar and see what happens. 
and it'll get you on any subway in any city in in the world. Try to pay for your drinks. Yep. See how that just swipe the magnetic strip and you're good to go. You know, let's uh, add that one to the roster of great ID cards throughout the years from fan clubs you belong to. <laughs> yes. You know, At some point you're gonna have to like frame them all together. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's a very that's a very cool thing. I hope that that does well for them. Because I, I love that idea. Yeah. And another cool thing in the collectibles world that uh, we'll probably never own, but awesome, a Gentle Giant is releasing that six-foot-tall articulated version of the vintage Kenner Stormtrooper. They had it at Comic-Con at their booth, uh, that you could you know walk up and take pictures with it, but they're actually manufacturing the thing and selling it, and uh, it comes with the gun. They they had the gun at at Comic Con, but they kept it hidden in the back because they knew people were going to run off with that if they uh, let people get their mitts on it. It's uh, it's about twenty three hundred bucks shipped to the lower forty eight, uh, unless you're a member of their fan club already, and then it drops to like I don't know two thousand. $70 or something. It's amazing. It'd be hard to have just one, though. Wouldn't you want two, like, flanking the doors or something? Only if maybe it was given to me. That they, right. they gifted it to me or something. But but no, I, I just find that... I find the 18-inch tall ones uh, or the 12-inch, you know, redos of those kind of silly to begin with. Like I Really? Yeah, I do. I just think it's it's. I don't know. It's just kind of a, a a nothing idea that sort of took off. I don't think it took a lot of thought, and it was just like I, I can't imagine. I can imagine doing the twelve inch, you know, redos exactly as the Kenner ones were that a lot of people could never get, and packaging them differently or something. But just to, you know. Five points of articulation, big hunk of plastic sort of thing. I don't, I don't get the fascination. I, I truly don't. I don't get the size of where to put them, and I don't get the fascination that that you want a larger version of the little figures that inspired 12-inch versions of their own. To me, it's just like that weird, you know, the Flintstones was a ripoff of the Honeymooners. So the Honeymooners is a live-action show. Flintstones rips it off as a cartoon, an animated version. And then many years later, you've got live-action people redoing the cartoon that initially was a live-action riff, and they replicate things that happen perfectly in the cartoon. I just, that, that, that way madness lies. I just don't, I don't get the need for 12-inch versions of the little plastic ones that that we had the little plastic ones were, were just fine and they were cool. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I've seen the Han Solo before and I've been like, Ooh, that would be kind of a cool, cool one to have. Eh, you know, I've been on the fence every now and then I'll see it. Uh, but you know, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't keep it in the, in the packaging. I'd probably just to- throw that away and put it in the display case. And see, I like them in the packaging because that's what, you know, I threw away all the packaging for my small ones. Sure. So, that's why I like having you know the big versions. Yeah, if they and if they reissued all the small ones exactly as they looked, 
you know, for 10 bucks. You know, they, they, they sort of did that, but with a much better figure, much better articulation. But if they did the first 12 or first 20 or something, that packaging, you know, same look, oh, I'd get every one of those. I would, I would snap up every one of those to get the 12 backs and the 18 backs and whatever. Um, the large ones just never, I just never understood the point of it. I don't understand what the excitement was. You know, with the... the, the that, that I guess I'm returning your Christmas present. The Mazinger, the great Mazinger type things where it was a Japanese, had a Japanese look to it and the fist shot off and that, that I understand. That's doing something different and, and kind of cool. Um, I just don't, I do not understand. But uh, people, you know, they seem to like them. They do. They sell out. They sell out of every one of them. So there's enough people that dig there's them. There's a sucker born every there's minute. Got to have everything. So they're out there. But it's just, I, I, I don't get it. But six foot tall, that must be like, what, for like outside your house or something? Like like guarding your door? You like scare the crows away out of your garden? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, what do you, I mean, you must put it by the doorway or something. I would think, well, I think you need two to guard any doorway. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm flanking, you know. Yeah. And that, you know, if they start making six feet tall, you know, versions of all those, like the first 12. Right. Like that, that would be a spooky house to walk into. Yeah, because you, they would just look like mannequins. They just look like plastic mannequins. Yeah. Now, if they made giant cards that went with them, that'd be crazy. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's going, it's just taking it too far. It's it's ruining the, the it's ruining the joke and the nostalgia at that point. Um, and then you wanted to say something about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Speaking of vintage, yeah, these these are starting to hit stores now. But uh, Playmates announced uh, the other day that they are once again re-releasing the vintage line. They are using the original molds from the '80s. They've changed the cards slightly, uh, and they, they and not just the figures, but uh, several of the vehicles, the really popular vehicles as well, uh, and also those mech suit versions that they had. They're they're releasing those. They have the the four turtles, Shredder, a foot soldier, Splinter, and April. But in one of their press photos of the van, they showed a Casey Jones figure. So you have to wonder if he's coming too. But Casey Jones, they're the starting. Man? What's that? Casey Jones, the railway man. No, Casey Jones from the Ninja Turtles, the guy in the hockey mask. Oh, sorry, no idea. Uh, so, yeah, those are starting to hit. Uh, some of them are starting to hit Toys R Us already. I haven't seen too many of the vehicles yet, but uh, they put together a whole press release. I've got it up on AFI right now if you want to see what all they're releasing. I was surprised by how much stuff they were putting out as part of this. So, And it, those are all Toys R Us exclusives, too. You won't find them anywhere else. And these are different than uh, they, they put out, like, 7-inch super articulated versions of the Turtles that look like from the original 80s cartoon. These are the actual molds from the, the 80s that they're, they're reusing, which they've done once before a couple of years ago uh, before the Turtles went on their little hiatus. So, I see. Yes. I see. Well, that's, that's uh, more trips to Toys R Us for you, it sounds like. No, I still have all the old ones, so I don't need the new ones. Oh, so you don't need the new ones. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, I got them all when they came out originally, so. That's good. So I'm fine on those. Well, that's a lot of stuff. I'm just going to sit at home with my 12-inch Star Wars 
uh, jumbo figures from Gentle Giant and watch my Flintstones on DVD. Yeah, just just line them up around behind you and watch them in action. Just giggle at the comic antics of Rick Moranis, Rosie O'Donnell, yeah, John Goodman. Watch their inaction and yes. and be amazed that money can change hands for such 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 little. Um, but uh, all right, well that sounds like a show to me. That sounds like a lot of stuff being covered. It does. That's true. The new, the old. Uh, oh, and I was right, by the way. The Beatles thing—they've just—they now made an official announcement. There is a uh, Beatles live at the BBC and more making its way out in November, I think. Oh, okay. Um, uh, there's going to be about 25 or 26 tracks never heard before. And then a whole section of conversations and just banter at the BBC between the band. And then two songs never heard before. So the versions that, you know, we're talking about that first 25 verses, they're versions that have never been heard. They were only at the BBC. And then there's these two songs that no one's ever heard in any format, uh, which is very cool. But it should be coming out November 11th, I think. And uh, they're going to re-release a remastered edition of Beatles the BBC from 1994. That'll come out the same day, I believe. Interesting. So, yeah, just made that announcement, and uh, it's very groovy. Nice. Nice. So there you go. There's a nice little uh, episode. Next time we talk, I will have... uh, uh, Made sweet love to Alex Ross. Up close and personal information with Alex Ross. You may call it making sweet love. I call it up close and personal information with Alex Ross. We'll uh, see. We'll see which one of us is right. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll share some stories. Uh, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll keep it a private thing. And uh, hmm. and besides letting him know what you think of him, I will. Uh, I'll keep the rest. Keep the rest to myself. All right. Uh, have a, have a great weekend. And uh, let's do this again soon. There may be a way to do it on Wednesday next week. Before we okay. leave, but we might be leaving kind of early. I don't have all the details yet. All right. So it, it may be possible to get another one in here. We'll play it by ear. All right. As the kids like to say. That's right. Have a great uh, weekend at, at Power, Power Fuzz. Power Con. Power Con, where the turtles and the, turtles and the robots and the, and the kids hang out. And the deers and the antelope play. Yeah. The turtles and the robots and the half-naked men. That's right. Now that's a convention. I should say so. And the and the cat people too. And Let's not forget about them. Yeah. Lots of tail out there. What did he just say? Uh, enjoy. Shiny. Let's be bad guys. of nature's deepest mystery.